Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Weird. That must have been pleasant for you. Oh, my God. How does this always end up happening to you? Do you remember the trip in the car oh, yeah. with us? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you haven't gone on another road trip with us since. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, so it smells like you ate Jack Blake's cold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's shit. You can say all the cuss words you want. Wait, the FCC listens to our show? <laughs> I hope not. We're up to 13. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking nobody listens to our show. <laughs> On the newspaper page And love and tradition Of the grand design Some people say It's even harder to find Well then there must be Some magic clue Inside this gym. Hello again everybody And welcome to the Eddie Lacey edition Of the oh. Ross Family Matters podcast Episode 27 See what I did there? I do Eddie Lacey 27 <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh yikes <laughs> I'm Hotshot Scott Williams Vic the Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and by far, I think my favorite guest we've ever had a chance to have on the show, T.C. Washington, and no pressure. if there were censors, they would work overtime, but there aren't. There's just Alex Riley, and he doesn't even listen when he's editing this show. So, <laughs> T.C., how are you? I'm good. How you guys doing? Uh, great. Yeah. We're great. And I, we're going to get to know you a little bit, but before we do that, I want to know what you've been got going on. Been got going on? Yeah. What's my type of language right there? <laughs> uh, you know, a little bit of a thing, uh, working, shoot job, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of the people that have kids because they don't fucking want them. You know how that is. <laughs> you know? I don't want money. I get them. Send them where I'm at. We don't want to meet. We just want the money. Uh, no. You guys take wives? No. No, no, not that guy. That's a goddamn shame. Oh, I was going to have her packed by nine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Love you. What what you been got going on, Victor? Uh, you know, I've been over here doing this and that. been over there doing that and this. All That's right. about it. A little bit of everything. At a recent show, I, I saw that... that uh, Monkey Tits was there at the last MIW. That's so. not a real rat. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> Monkey Tits is not a real oh, rat. Oh, yeah, she is. Uh, Lane, uh, Jack, Jack Spade. Just I'm, call me whatever. Yeah, what you been got going on? I know now you might be 80% healed. 71. Oh, we got a setback. Setback. You, 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 Jack, you, Stephen Volked it. I, I stood up. Oh. Well, that'll Huge happen. Mistake. Too fast. Too fast. Oh, yeah. I actually got have. Dizzy too. <laughs> I have a, a high school graduation for our stepdaughter coming up, which is about five months before she drops a baby. So Congratulations, yeah. Megan. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, Jug a baby. Yes. So, TC Washington, tell everybody how you met some of the members of this podcast. 
Oh, wow. Uh, well, start back, I was roughly, I probably about 16, 15, maybe. Uh, weird story. I used to uh, ride my bike from uh, the north side of town to the south side, which is in West Dallas, to uh, the Warriors Den or whatever it was called. Uh, Off of 73rd and Greenfield? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which was, uh, at the time, the training place for the Rebels of Wrestling. Yes. The brawl, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I used to try to uh, get in with the Rebels of Wrestling, but uh, I used to call the hotline too. A lot. I was going to say, how many oh, yeah, times did you call hotline. that hotline? I was going to ask when the last time you actually called that hotline was. <laughs> did Brian ever answer you? I never answered me. Never. <laughs> he was a real kayfaber. Yeah, he still hasn't answered those hotlines. <laughs> it was weird because one day I rode my bike over there and I waited around all day mm-hmm. for somebody to come. And I'll never forget it. This, the raggliest car I ever saw in the world <laughs> turned the corner. Oh, boy. And stopped in front of the place, and, and, and Brian, chaos, yep. got out of the car. And I was trying to talk to him, and he still faked. Whoa. He faked you to your face. Hey, was it the old, was it that shitty little hatchback? Oh, no, it was the longest car I ever saw. Like the real big black right? truck with the fucking, <laughs> the big gate on the front? Yes. Oh, the yeah. Jeepers Creepers truck. Yeah. 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 Yes. And he still faked me to my face, and I was like, Wow. This wrestler is such a dick. That's Brian. That's professional Brian, asshole. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how. And then I started with that other company. Mm-hmm. That killed that guy. Oh yeah. That killed that guy. And then that's where I, I think I met you guys when we started talking then. Right. And then uh, I think we all became a little bit closer around working for SSW. Yep. And I remember we did some. You did some rebel shows. You did one. We did one to the Agape Center. We did the two outdoor ones at the the Mr. Irish Go Cottage. Mm-hmm. And so, so eventually you got your wish, and I'm sure you regretted ever being part of Rebels of Wrestling. <laughs> but, but you got your wish. Um, so that's how we met, and then you've been doing this ever since. And uh, so obviously you started calling when you were 16. You really wanted to do this, mm-hmm. um, and you look at it now, and and it's been shit. Almost twenty years, I want to say. Um, do you regret it? Would you change anything? Do you enjoy the fact that you got into this crazy business? You know what? It's weird because some stuff I regret, like regret meeting uh, Jeffrey Briggs. I'm yeah. pretty sure everybody <laughs> regrets that. The guy was the talker, though. Oh yeah. The guy, shit. The guy could probably talk himself to the White House if he wanted to. You know, but everything from there. But then again, sometimes I say, do I regret that? Because if, if I wouldn't have went through that part, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at. Right, right. Because from there, that's how I end up going over to Brew City Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And getting trained over at Brew City Wrestling. And then from Brew City Wrestling, taking uh, what we call our craft. And going over and, and, and polishing it up uh, in the MIAW with Angel Armand. Right. And if I wouldn't have did that, I probably wouldn't have been in the business to wrestle some of the people I wrestled before. I wrestled everybody. Chaos. Yeah. Jack Spade. Well, don't let me in with everybody. <laughs> you know, everybody. Skull Crusher, Xavier Mustafa, 
you know, everybody. So, sure. you know, so I don't know. So when you say regret, I don't know. I don't think on one hand I would regret it, but then again, certain people, yeah. I only regret one thing, and it, we were on the same show, and we were in the same match, and it was the 4th of July. Oh, God. Back in Hartford. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, I think I know what you're talking that's about. That's your only regret. Yeah, that's what my... Yes, every morning, that's what my neck does. Oh, yeah. So that <laughs> is... That when that, uh... The guy from, uh... Mitch Blake. Oh, yeah. Mitch Blake is Blake, his name. Blake, 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 baby. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he gave you that move unannounced. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, and the only reason it was interesting was because before the match, he specifically said, I'm not trying to pick you guys up at all. So then... Um, but yeah, otherwise I, I kind of... Good guy, good guy. Oh yeah, I have no issues with him anymore. My knack does, but... Um, <laughs> so, let me ask you this. So you, you've gotten to do a lot of cool things. I mean, when you think about it, um, you've been on some really big shows. What would you say is the, the biggest show or biggest crowd that you were ever part of when you when you had been in a ring doing, doing either a match or some sort of a spot? Oh... Uh. Biggest crowd, I probably will say uh, I, I worked for uh, uh, GLCW uh, out in Waukesha mm-hmm. at the Expo Center. So I would say that's probably the biggest crowd. And I would say roughly besides that GLCW and the, the, what Mondo Lucha bring in the biggest two crowds yeah. in the area. Yeah. Uh, so that would probably be the biggest crowd. But I think like probably for me, one of the coolest moments that I had was... Uh, Back, I can't remember what year it was, but when I uh, when I won uh, the BCW Heavyweight Title, I think that was probably one of my coolest moments because for me being so, so young then, right, and the response I got from it at the end of the match, I think that's probably one of my cool moments. You know what? What I think is cool, and and I know you can relate to this in in this respect too. So. You meet some great people. I mean, yeah, I've said this about wrestling. Some of the biggest pieces of shit you'll ever meet in the world you meet in wrestling, but also some of your best friends, right? So to, to know Vic and to know Jack Spade and to know Brian, right, and Steve Santana, and obviously to get to meet you guys, but you have some of the same bonds. You, Xavier Mustafa, Chris Bl- I mean, that's kind of neat when you guys get to be in a faction together with people who you not only respect but like. I mean, that's that's the fun. That's that's why we loved uh, SWE so much was just because it was like a guys' night out. And depending on where you work, to only get to work those people that you're friends with or are the same color as you uh, <laughs> is a great. <laughs> what does that, that mean? Was, what the fuck, dude? That was kind of what borderline. <laughs> like no, uh, but uh, that that is pretty cool. Cause me, I've been on you know both sides of it. You know, like I said, I traveled up and down the road with Xavier Mustafa and Chris Black. We we traveled places that we were scared to go. Sure. You know, and then on the other side of this, also been been able to team with you guys mm-hmm. as part of the Ross family. Yeah. So, but I look at it, I'm like, you know, I get the Travel with a bunch of cool dudes on either slope, you know. I'm travel with some guys that's some shit heads too, <laughs> you know. Fucking doing fucking pot on the road, the fuck kind of shit is that, McCoy? I, I'm just saying. Whoa, whoa. you know, Jesus, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, just, let me take that back. McCoy, one of my, he's one of my cool buddies, man. He's a fucking. Ass. <laughs> 
No, but but you're absolutely right. And um, you know, hold on, to McCoy. I know you're gonna try to come back with this. Only thing you can say about it is my snoring. That's it. <laughs> but see, even the snoring. I mean, I I've been in in rooms with. I lived with Brian for a while. Nobody snores like that chainsaw. Uh, so we've certainly been through it. Um, when you go to traveling, like. You've traveled, you've done shows in Illinois. What's the furthest you've gone to do a wrestling show? How far from Milwaukee have you gone? Who, uh, farthest was, uh, Manitoba. Oh, okay. Manitoba? Yeah. Manitoba, Canada. <coughs> Winnipeg. I went to Oshkosh. Driving-wise. You've been further than Oshkosh. <laughs> Driving-wise, yeah, Manitoba, Canada, but, um, I wrestled in North Carolina. Sure. Um. Well, wrestled for that uh, guy a long time ago. I don't mention his name because he in there for no. taking over his daughter. Brother. But hey, oh, brother, you know, hey, oh, oh you gotta have some good stories from those trips. <laughs> oh yeah. Have you ever um done one of the Armani road trips where he takes people to California, or Florida to wrestle? No, no, unfortunately, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to pass on those situations. <laughs> right on. Well, no, I take that back. I have, I have. Uh, we actually went to we went to California uh, for uh, TNA Bound for Glory. Okay. So yeah, it was me, him, uh, Mustafa, and a guy, Andy guy. Okay. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I know. Anyway, so it was weird for me. It was kind of weird. So what was? So, I'm going to ask both questions because I know the answers are going to be great for both these questions. What was the best match? Or biggest name you ever worked, and what was the worst match you ever had? Yeah, that's what I was going to go because we've had T.C. Washington on the show for 13 minutes now, and he hasn't shit on anybody. Right, and we yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we'll go worst first. Sure, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I say probably the worst match that I was involved in was uh, I think we did a, I want to say we did a tag match. And somehow, Peter B. Beautiful was in that fucking guy's piece of shit. <laughs> piece of shit. And I hope he's listening because he's a piece of shit. You know, he can get skinny all he wants, but he's still going to be a piece of shit. Uh, uh, yeah, we did a tag match with the guy, and the fucking guy is just everything that you dislike about wrestling. Fucking horrible. He's pretty bad. Oh, he's... When you first started to talk there, I thought you were going to mention the match that we had with you guys in Rubicon where we had two ref bumps. That weren't scheduled. weren't scheduled. Oh, you're talking about with the fucking shitty refs? Yeah. Uh, Rod, Rod, and, Rod and Dodd. Yeah, <laughs> should be dead and dead. Fuck, guys. Oh, terrible. That was the most bizarre circumstance I ever remember. You know, but that's what happened when you got guys like the Booker at the time. Uh, who was that fucking Chris, guy? Chris. Chris Hansen, Sexy Casey, um, you know, when you're booking for friendship, that shit is terrible, man. But, yeah, that was that probably was real bad. That was too. really bad. That was really bad. It was awkward. Um, you know, you know I, I hear you, you talk, because you, you're a veteran now, man. You've been doing this a long time. And the way you came up, was different than the way a lot of these new kids have come up, right? Most definitely. 
And you know, even the way we came up, the people ten years before us think that we didn't, we got it too easy, right? I mean, but what do you think of of the way a lot of the new uh, new wrestlers are kind of brought into the business now? Um, I kind of, I, I think you know, except like for example, what was that a uh, show last weekend? M I A W last yep. weekend. Yeah. And uh, when I came in, I think I said this to... You said it to me. I said it to you. I think I mentioned it to Mustafa. I might have mentioned it to you. Yeah. I said, man, when you step back and you look, when you look now, when was in the locker room, you like, wow. Is this how they felt when I was coming in? You know, because you got a lot of fucking guys, Marks, mm-hmm. fucking Jack Blackwell, <laughs> you know... <laughs> The dude, the guy to me, he just don't get it, man. He don't fucking get it. Like, I'm not going to go out there and fucking wrestle and then go sit in the fucking second row. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't know if the guy just like to fucking be happy that he wears some spandex or something. I, I don't know. But the dude just won't get it. and He just do a lot of stuff to rub me the wrong way, so that's why I just... Don't fucking care. But still long. better than Peter B. Almost definitely. <laughs> and I'd like to thank him for the recent Twitter follow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is this, though, and, and it, it's not even about... See, I, I think the epidemic that, that this has is, is been being caused by the fact that now that the fourth wall has been broken down and the WWE says, well, you know, we're sports entertainment. I get that. But as performers, you still have, to me, a duty to... To respect the business, and I think when you see a guy in the front row or a guy sitting at the bar when the show is still going on, a you're taking away from the show, which is the first thing you're taught to not do, is when you're done performing, when you're done doing your match, you let the other people do their thing. Now you're <clears throat> taking away from that because you're making yourself the center of attention, and and to me that's the big one of the biggest disrespects that you can do to anybody in this business is when you do stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know that. Blackwell's going up, like going out of his way to disrespect. I just don't think he knows. Well, that's better. but that's what I'm again because it hasn't been hammered home that that's what you're supposed to do. You see what I'm saying? That and it's not him. That wasn't a comment even directed at him in general. No, I hear you. I hear you. You see that a lot. I mean, I, I'm I'm in no position to tell anybody anything to do because I did everything wrong when I broke in. So well, I I mean, you rubbed some people the wrong way, it, it, but at the same time. Well, we all came in and rubbed somebody the wrong way. First of all, I don't think it was a measure about rubbing somebody the wrong way. I think at that point in time, those people that were on top then saw something in somebody like, you know what, this guy could take my spot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the real problem was. I don't think, because they, because come on, coming in, everybody know you're a green guy. You're a green guy. And they know you have to learn the business. But at the same time, if you come in and they don't like you right off the bat, off of just and years down the line they still don't like you for what? What given reason do you still have not to like right. you? Right. You don't. Well, you know, it's just some just it's an effort. I'm gonna say it now. Some fucking guys need to get over themselves. It's like, dude, ain't none of us fucking making a lot of money. Right. None of us. Who gives a fuck? I don't care. 
Right, as long as the guy ain't doing anything to you maliciously, right. let shit go. Well, and I still think there's an 80-20 rule in any job, any profession, any hobby, where there's 20% that will not, will, will, are purposely just deciding to not like you, and there's nothing you'll ever be able to do to get out of that person's fictitious doghouse. Whatever they put you, whatever box they put you in, you'll never get out of it. So... And, and I think the right attitude is to just let that roll off your back because some people will spend their whole career or their whole time doing something trying to get that 20% to like them. Mm-hmm. And for what reason? Mm-hmm. Because they're never going to anyway. Right, and that's, and that's it. Especially when wrestling around this way because everybody wants to click up. You know, you ain't in and then somebody click and you ain't liked. Or this click don't like your click for whatever reason. Right. But they don't have any reasons. Like, like let's, go, let's go be fun. Back, you know, back years ago. You know, let's take it back when you guys was trying to come over and wrestle in, what is it, XLW or whatever. You know, you guys are there to do a job. You know, the promoter books you to do that job. You know, not a job per se, but you were there to work. Right. And you get there and then everybody don't like you for what reason? Nobody had a particular reason. But, you know, I think that goes back to promoters, too, because if you bring somebody in, you should be able to control your locker room. Sure. Don't, don't fucking be a mark and just sit there and let somebody else control your locker room. Because at the end of the day, that's not the person paying the bills. Right. You know, and, and that was the problem was back then was, you guys came in to work like you was asked to, and then you guys get shit from people for what reason? Nobody ever had a legit reason to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, anything else before we go to the hat? What do you consider the the biggest name you ever worked? Uh, what's the? It's weird because like around here. Well, you know say, what? Fuck biggest. What What was your favorite name you worked with? Around you know, just say favorite name. I would have to say it was cool. It was, it was a lot of it was stiff as shit. Got my ass kicked a lot, but I think it was probably uh, Skull Crusher Rashi Brown. Okay, sure. yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, because Rashi was a real cool guy. I yeah. once seen him kick Tommy Courageous's face off his head. <laughs> oh yeah, he was he yeah. was very stiff. Texas victory. I watched him yeah. spear Mario about out of his boots <laughs> once. <laughs> I saw him long Darkado into a ring post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw him run down JP and stump him. Yep. Great. Watched him give the big boot to Lenny Lane and then land on his feet outside the ring. He gave the big boot in the ring. Uh-huh. Landed on his feet outside the ring. Figure that shit out. Uh, let me say this about Rashi. First of all, I always liked him. I think he's a great guy. He's really good in the ring. I know he had some. he's had some health problems off and on, and I wish him the best. But, um... He was also, I think, the biggest compliment somebody gave him. So there was a guy I worked with at the radio station who was a wrestling fan. And he told me flat out that the scariest thing that he ever saw at a wrestling show was when he yelled, Hey, Skull Crusher! And Skull Crusher was a heel. And Rashi gave him this look and said, I'm going to wait for you out in the parking lot. And this dude legitimately almost pissed himself and was afraid to leave because he thought that Skull Crusher was going to be out there. Because he was such a... Intimid- his character is very intimidating, and I certainly wouldn't want to cross him. But when you get to know him, he's as 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 
sincere and nice of a guy as I think you could ever meet. Right? But he might still fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> because he's he's legitimately a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He never had any qualms about saying exactly what he felt about anybody at any given time. But but that's what I love about it because yeah. it's honest. Like yeah. I don't care. I don't care if you're brazen. And if people think you're an asshole, if you're honest about what you feel and say it to people's face and not say it behind their back, how can you not respect that? Right? I mean, well, I agree. Uh, so, I mean, that's the cool part about well, yeah. about him. Anything anything else? For, for me? For yeah. Skull Cusher? No, stuff. for TC. Oh, jeez. God. Or do we go into the hat and let things just I mean, up? we can't go into the hat yet. Oh, that's right. So you can't go into the hat? No, not yet. Well... Let's just do some name word association. Go for it, and see what he thinks about people. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go, Jason Dukes. Uh, I like Jason Dukes. All right. Real good guy. I like him. You know, and uh, this is why I think I'm real cool with Jason Dukes is because one time uh, there was a company I worked for back called MCW. Uh, they had rent- rented out the ring to. Uh, XLW and the guy from XLW had promised to have guys there to take down the ring and everything else. And at the show, particular show, I brought the ring, and all the people left, left me there with the ring to put up. Now, this was not an ordinary ring. This fucking ring was big as hell. Like, it was built, you know, it was weird. It was weird. And they left me there with the ring, and out of all people, Jason Duke stayed and helped me take oh. down that ring and load it up because, like he said, I was one of the boys and he didn't want to leave me there along with that burden. It wasn't about the promoter. It was about the fact that I was one of the boys. And from that, I got a lot of respect for Jason Duke. Okay. All right. Let me think. Of... Jason Masters. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this uh, was a web, like, visual You show. know what, Jason, Jason Masters called to be real cool with me. Before me and him had a major problem before, like, it was, and it all drilled off of somebody else. Uh, but now, good guy. Fucking piece of shit, but good guy. <laughs> you got damn right he's a piece of shit. Oh, God, I'm just trying to think of anybody. Frankie DeFalco? Over the years, uh, we ain't see eye to eye on stuff, a lot of stuff. Uh, but you know, now we coming along, working together. Mm-hmm. You know, so ain't gonna shed no bad blood <laughs> right now. You know, we we're cool right now. We're in a good spot. So. Uh, that that's what's interesting about this business though too is the ebbs and tides and riding the waves with people right I mean that that's just one of those what about because I, I know you've worked on several shows with him as well and he's gone on to do some pretty cool things uh, Silas Young um real cool guy like we had some problems before you know you know just off of the heated moments mm-hmm a real heated moments, uh, but otherwise, got number of respect for him. I wrestled him before; uh, he put me over good. Uh, uh, so really, I don't really have anything bad to say about Silas. Like I said, I'm glad that he's doing, you know, big things, uh, Ring of Honor and everything. So I'm glad that now 
he running his own promotion, you know, so wish him nothing but luck with that. Pain and pleasure. <laughs> Jim and Jack, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I meant sexually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim and Jack, I guess you could say about them was they thought they had the right mindset for this, but it, in reality, I don't think talent measured up with what they thought they were doing. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't think it measured up what they thought they was doing, you know, roughly even working with guys that experienced, it's just it just didn't work. Sure. It didn't work. And you couldn't and and, and Jim on the other hand, you couldn't tell him. You couldn't tell him that because he always found a way to make it seem like it was the other person's fault. Like I was reading a statement that he sent to uh, Xavier Mustafa about a match that they had and he took the liberty to write out this whole situation and to come back and say, well, this is where I think he said Mustafa messed up at. And if I go back and I reckon, remember, and that's not how it went at all. So, uh, I'm going to leave it with fuck those guys. Oh, <laughs> how, about, uh, how about Chaz Moretti? He's a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> you know what? I've never been a, like Chaz Moretti was an okay guy, but I never was really a fan. I never really a fan because I I don't I don't particularly like guys that try too much and, and, and kiss ass. I don't like that. Uh, and I only worked with Chaz Moretti, I believe, was in uh, SW. Mm -hmm. I believe that was the only place. I, I believe, and I just didn't like his style of handling things at that particular point. I, so, you ask me if I'm a fan of Chaz Moretti, no. What about Chief Atacatacula? <laughs> what, do, what do we think of the Chief? Uh, Chief is a buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Chief is a buddy of mine. Uh... Got respect for Chief. Chief, you know, unlike some of us, let's be honest, Chief wrestles every weekend. Every weekend. Russell still wrestles over in Puerto Rico and and everything else, you know. And he's got the greatest tag team partner. Tiny Love. Oh. That's not his name. I'm going to wrap this up and then we can go into that. Okay. Bad Boy Brian. Midget, bad boy Brian. Oh, bad, that's my buddy, man. That's my buddy. Me and him, I never forget it. You know, we were uh, wrestling for uh, the Zoom Offs, and uh, this quick story. Was Sunny Beach on that show? He was on the show, but not that show. Yeah. So we was on this. We we uh, we did this show at, at this rookie's like bar or something, and we uh, stayed at the rookie's house. And so <laughs> this is gonna be a I fucked up midget it. story. All right. So me and uh, uh, Brian, Brian was like, "Well, I'm gonna go sleep in my truck." 
And so before he left, he was like, man, I'm telling you, it's going to be some fucked up shit going on. Up here. <laughs> he's like, I'm guaranteed. He's like, I'm going to leave out and I'm going to come back in in about 10 minutes. So we're not in the living room. It was Buck <laughs> and his daughter and this little midget named Chad and this real fat chick. Name Yolanda. <laughs> I don't know what the hell her name was, Slurgers or something, I don't know. And uh, so Brian go outside, 10 minutes later come, and all of a sudden you get to hearing all these noises. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm in the room, I'm like, what the fuck is that? So Brian comes up to the window, knocks on the window, he's like, I'm about to come around to the door. So he comes to the door, he busts in, turn on the lights, and it's like, I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, are you guys having an orgy? Like, what the fuck? It was weird to see this midget and this super fat chick. And then over here was bucking his daughter. I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? I'm like, first of all, this is that incest, first of all. And then this midget and this fat chick. It was, it was the most disturbing thing I saw. You can't unsee that, right? It's, I can't. After that, I would have slept in this truck. First of all, then it's like, now... I'm still here for two more days, and I'm riding in the in the in the truck with with these people. I'm like, this got to be the worst thing ever. Like, couldn't this trip be over? <laughs> it's a real shame you had to see that. It was the worst thing I ever saw. Say, do you have a picture? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, last question that we ask all of our guests, and then we're gonna go to the hat. And we've gotten some interesting answers and some scary answers to all this this question, but it's become our topic. Uh, the question is, who are you gay for? <laughs> now, I'm prefacing this saying that I know T.C. Washington isn't gay. If you had to pick somebody who you would be, who would it be? Who I be? So the question is, who would I be gay for? Right. right. Yeah, like, what man would you make love to? Not that you would. If I was gay. Or would allow yes. you to make correct. If you were gay. If you were gay. Yeah. You want to tell yours again? So you know. Oh, I, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Like from Deadpool, you Matthew know Ryan Reynolds? Matthew McConaughey. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. I, I always forget Justin Timberlake. Yeah. We're going to make a Mount Everest t-shirt of who we're gay for. That's our Mount Everest of wrestling. You know who Masters and Bull from Nightcourt? Yolanda. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> who would I be gay for? Uh, if I was gay, I probably want to be a whore. Go after the money, right? Yeah, right. right, right. Yeah, I mean, why not? Lots of dicks. <laughs> what? I think I think he meant like the dick with the most money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, right. <laughs> Yeah. I was wow. thinking of, like, alright. Well, yeah. I would assume it'd I'll be. I'll probably something. say. <laughs> I, this is a weird question. It is a weird question. That's I'll why we say both. Dwayne Rock Johnson. Okay. All that's right. that's, 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 that's a good answer. answer. Yeah, that's not weird. If I was gay, I'm okay. not gay. Of course. Right. Clearly, of course. you would know your role in that relationship. Right. <laughs> right. We had Skyler Reed on last week, and he took Vic's guys. So. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. 
Hey everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host Ragbag as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out so jesse apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast but i'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say oh come on nick we just got to talk about grapple talk where we talk about wrestling it doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff that's true i mean regardless if it's wwe or our local talent we cover it all oh we also got to plug the social media that's right facebook.com slash the grapple talk and you can follow us on twitter at the grapple talk man that was a really good promo that was high five Hi, yeah hey before one last skyler reed don't turn the lights on that how about him <laughs> Are you a fan? Mopped out. Okay. Fair enough. Let's right. go to the Take hat. Take him to the hat. Alright. Now there's some great questions in there. And there's no, some, there's not. There's some bad ones. <laughs> there's really nothing good in here. We've established that at this point. Yeah, go on in there. Oh, you pick first. You, oh. You pick first. Oh, okay. Oh. Curveball in our show right this now. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful honor. Alright. Here we go. Uh-huh. This actually is a decent one if people can think fairly quickly. Favorite Terry Funk promo? Okay. Uh, I gotta say favorite probably was uh, back in the early parts of ECW when he used to uh, feud with uh, Eddie Gilbert. Oh yeah. So I think uh, many of those was good for me. Uh, because he was feuding with Eddie Gilbert at the time, and I think Eddie Gilbert manager at the time was uh, Paul Heyman. I think that's right. right. Yep. So they had a lot of good back and forth interviews. I mean, you just can't really name one off the top, but I think that whole segment was was pretty good. I had a couple from the same era, and I know that he's had better ones, but my favorite time of in the '90s for late '80s, early '90s for WCW was when Ric Flair had the book. He was feuding with Terry Funk. Sting was feuding with Muda. And uh, Funk would call Ric Flair banana nose. Some of those promos were amazing. And then he transitioned into a feud with Lex Luger for the TV title. And he said, you know, I don't understand Lex Luger. And I know the voices. I don't know how you can be the television champ. Then I'm the refrigerator champ. You want to be a champion named after an appliance? (laughs) So those were some of my favorite Funk Funk uh, promo. So I have two in mind. I'm gonna give you the first one. I'll sit on the second one in the event you don't give it I up won't yours. I will fuck your shit up. Mine. My favorite one is him describing wanting to know what it's like to be a dirty, greasy Floridian. So he takes a quart of motor oil and pours it over his head. He's like, "Well, I feel greasy now, but I don't feel dirty." So then he starts putting dirt on himself. And it's it's just it's a it's a quality promo. Terry fucking whack job, man. Outside of the promo he cut on the horse that kicked him. Uh, my favorite Terry Funk promo is the retirement promo that's still happening right now somewhere in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Forever. I also did like this spot. That led up to, um, that's not really a promo. 
the, the barrage of chairs being thrown into the ring and Terry Funk being buried under oh, yeah. them. That was... Uh, Honorable mention goes to the entire 10 minutes of footage prior <laughs> to the empty arena match with Jerry Law. Yeah. I don't give a shit. <laughs> He's wearing the crown. Nobody's here, you idiot. It's <laughs> good stuff. All right. That's a good one. All right. That's a good one. The Funker. We're going to go around opposite again. Okay. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm good. TC that. is uh, main eventing. Uh-oh. Oh, I feel good about that one. The one time Jack Spade knocked out Maru. Oh! oh! I did do that. Yeah, we have a shirt that we're making to prove it. That wasn't that. That I didn't knock him out there, believe I'm it or not. Hmm. Who the hell is Maru? Not important, bro. Nah, don't worry about him. Okay. <laughs> you won't hear much about him anyway. He's into Shayna Baszler. Oh. Uh, like, literally. <laughs> um... But uh, strap match uh-huh. in uh, at the U, uh, UW Lacrosse uh-huh. up there doing the the Riley show. Uh, strap matches are awful. By the way, we've had this discussion before because <coughs> the strap goes everywhere. It wraps you up. It gets stuck between your fucking legs. Was it this the, falls the, off. the was this the powders? This is the match? powder match. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh. So yeah. UW. We did a show at the University of Wisconsin. Oh, not the first one where you was getting uh, punched, really like punched by uh, Gregory Iron, the guy with the. Uh, oh yeah, that thing hurt like hell. Yeah. Gregory Iron's um, his his his. his uh, palsy hand. Yeah. The, yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but this was a different show. This was oh. a thing, um, and I was in a strap match with Maru. We had done a tag gimmick where we tag team partners, mm-hmm. and I obviously was the heel. He was a face, and it mega powers exploded. Right. Uh, yes, I referred to myself as a Oh, I heard, oh yeah. I heard it. I heard it. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> but we did a spot where I threw the line at Maru in the uh, in the strap match, and I hit him right with where your thumb like meets your fist. So instead of hitting him up here, I hit him basically with the flat bottom part of my hand right in his jaw. Oh, okay. Because uh, he was trying to flip bump, so yeah. he was pre-flipping a little bit. Gotcha. And he caught all of my... I basically hammer hit him. Sure. Knocked him unconscious. Uh, then what happened? Uh, he was... We were selling to our next spot. Or I was selling to my next spot. He was unconscious going, Where am I? Where am I? And I said, You're in a wrestling match. Get up. <laughs> All right. What a dick. Yep. <laughs> this is a man with children. <laughs> this was actually the beginning of the end of the Ross family up there as myself and Jason Masters fought over some powder as, yeah. as I tried to interfere. And I remember that night because I legitimately pulled a Steve Austin. So I drove all the way straight through, got there right before your match started, mm-hmm. did my spot, Got in my car and drove home. It's true. I'm glad you brought up the name Steve Austin, because last night I went to the Brewer game. I saw a fat guy there with no shirt on and a leather vest, and I decided his name was Stone Cold Steve Autism. Oh. Wow. Wow. Now, the thing is, the only reason I refer to it as a Steve Austin is because the old Raws, where he'd show up at like 945, come to the ring, 
give somebody a stunner and leave. Like, all right, well, I'm glad you showed up for work today. So, $60,000, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I got for my $6. So there you go. Scotty's turn. Oh, is it? All right. Yeah, we're all, yeah. We're all for cocky. You ever knock anybody out? I mean, let's face it, TC, uh, you're stiff. In the ring. In the ring. Not in, not in the streets of Stevens Point. A <laughs> uh, couple people. couple people. You know, I don't believe I'm that stiff. Sorry. <laughs> Turn off. So, a couple people, though. A couple people. That Stevens Point story, though, is fun. We've told it on the show, but the, the, the big brawl into the streets where you... You you had the quickest right hand. World's fastest I, punch. Yeah, like you just boom. That guy, guy didn't was even dumb. know he was hit. <laughs> that was great. Oh hey, we got a special appearance. Oh yeah. Harley Hellcat. Yeah. Warning Scott about Doug Dillon's sandwich. All right. Oh, Scott. Scott man. I got her. I got here as soon as I could. You're never gonna, you're never gonna believe what I saw. So, I was over, I was over at Mike's house, Mike Thompson, and he had all these cold cuts. He said, he said, help yourself, help yourself with some cold cuts. So, so I sat down, I sat down, and I reached for the bread, but the bread was gone. The bread was gone, Scott. And I looked, Doug, Doug, Doug had a three-foot sandwich. It was, it was huge. It was, it was turkey. Hang on a second. I got a, I got a crap. I got a crap. Okay, it was turkey. It was turkey pie lot. On top of the turkey, turkey it was ham. Oh, it was a lot of ham. It was. And then he put the cheese. So much cheese. It was, it was like an avalanche of cheese. And then, when you thought it was enough, it wasn't enough. It was tomatoes. Tomatoes and lettuce. Tomatoes and lettuce and onions. It was so much sandwich. And then in three bites, it was gone. It was all gone. And I didn't get any sandwich. That actually makes me lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Hellcat, warning Scott. Thanks, Harley. About Doug Dillon's sandwich. <laughs> Ring here? of Honor's favorite stooge. <laughs> yeah, get one. Actually, Rebel Wrestling. There's a good chance you won't know anything about the topic, or maybe you do. Oh, no. Yeah, so sticky. Hmm. The Honky Talk Band. Oh! Right. The greatest intercontinental champion. Yes, yes. So, but before we get into it, have you ever worked on a show or had a chance to meet the Honky Tonk? Yeah, yes I have. Uh, actually, I worked on two shows. I worked on one when he came here. No, three, I'm sorry. Yeah, he came here first for the first time I know when he came in for Bruce City Wrestling. Uh, then I worked with him again down in uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina. And then lastly, it was when he 
came in for MIAW when he came in and did that guest appearance. Oh, sure, sure. WWE. Uh, real good, real, real great guy. He was great. Uh, talked to everybody. He wasn't, he wasn't a stuck up ass like some of these people are. So, I think I might be the only guy who hasn't met him in the room. Yeah, because I I've, missed him on the when I took my hiatus from River City. I did. In. I did two shows that he did with at least two shows I remember with BCW. Then, then the MIAW spot he did. So I've worked with him th- at least three what times. What was he in for? The, I I it was. Wait, I did. Well, I thought I was retiring. And then I, I was going to say, I thought you yeah. retired. Um, <laughs> well, you got to make money at this. They retired, so we'll call it a high. You end. were retired from Armani. Okay. And he was in town doing some autograph shows, so Armani convinced him to come over and do a promo and uh, do some autograph signings and did a spot in the ring. Okay. So, but it was during the, the season you were not on the MIW roster. Got it. Yeah. So I missed I? him all over hell? That's a good question. All right. Because you weren't injured yet. No. Well, I probably was. I just didn't know it. But he looks fabulous. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There he is up towards there. Um, yep, that's him. That was him at the show. But I, I will agree that Honky Tonk Man, so I had heard so many negative stories about Honky Tonk Man going into the time that I was scheduled to work with him. I was worried about it. I was worried about what kind of, like, what he would be willing to do, how he'd be willing to work. Not only was he open to pretty much anything uh, when when we were planning the match, like, we knew we weren't going to set the world on fire, right? Or bump him 90 times. No, but he was willing to listen. He, he didn't shoot down any ideas for the match. He changed the order of the show to make the show flow better which I completely agree with, the way he did it. Uh, and he was just a blast in the locker room. If you can get him talking about Jake Roberts, you will have a good time of him just giving you some pretty decent Jake Roberts stories. Some comedy gold. Yeah. I don't know who they're really funny for because... Hey, did he tell the Jerry Gray Piss story? He didn't tell the Jerry Gray Piss story. Uh which was on a different podcast. I don't know if you guys... A better podcast. A more popular podcast. To. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Mm, I didn't. No, you guys didn't hear the Jerry Gray Pistol. Can you give a very shortened Spark Notes version? Yeah, he, uh, Jake fucked up, and he was apologizing to Jerry Gray, and he kept telling him, I respect you so much, I'm going to drink this piss, and he had pissed in a water bottle, and he drank it. Ugh. As Honky Tonk Man pleaded with him, come on, Jake, don't drink the piss. Don't drink the piss, Jake. You ain't need to do that. Um, yeah, nice guy. Showed up, did the job, got the crowd behind him. The only interesting thing about him was he didn't want to, as I, I've said this on one of our shows, mm-hmm. he stopped giving the shake, rattle, and roll the proper way because indie guys can't take it properly anymore. So now he just kind of throws you. I, that's what you say that he told you, and I believe you. Yeah, I think he just doesn't want to take the bump. Yeah, that could be part of it too. Because there's really no difference in him throwing the guy. The guy's still going to land on his back. Just All saying. Right. Just saying. Well, calling you out, honky. You lying sack of shit. Oh my! Wow. Whoa. Whoa! He's never going to hear this. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. 
Thanks for the follow on Twitter, Honky Tonk Man. That's a lie. He didn't follow, he didn't follow us on Twitter. For the record, I, I always loved the Honky Tonk Man as a kid. The My most, mom was wait a big, minute. What? Y'all sure got a Twitter page? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Yeah. The Man, most we get to 100. The most popular wrestler to follow us is uh, Sean Stasiak. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That's not a wrestler. That's a chiropractor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he was a wrestler at some point. His dad super popular. Yeah. Stay on the man. Who All was right. it? Hmm? Who was it? Sean Stasia? Who was his father? Stay on the man, Stasia. Mm-hmm. He was a WWF champion but, for six whole days. But. WWF? I wouldn't know. But he's not Big Baby Busick. Big bully music. Yeah, that's right. Who just died? Yeah. He did. A couple days ago. Yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. What do, you, what do you got there? Oh, we're going to go from one legend to another. Okay. okay. Dirty Ernie. No. Oh, have you ever worked Dirty Ernie? I have not had the pleasure. Have you been on a show with Dirty Ernie? I have not had the pleasure. All right. Ain't no pleasure. I have. Hold on, i got to take a call in. Hold on for a second. Mustafa. Have I worked with the Dirty Ernie? Yeah, for Bugzoo. Oh, maybe I have. Oh, worked with many dirty people on Bugzoo. <laughs> <laughs> also, Dirty Steve. <laughs> he was our writing partner, and he drove very, very slow for a long time. You're not talking about the big cat. What the It might have been the same person. No, okay. This, let me tell you about this I'm guy real sure quick. Okay. So we're riding. First off, we had to meet him at his house in Taylor, Wisconsin, which was 30 hours away. So, now remind you, we got to ride with him another 30 hours away right. to the show. So, we ride with this guy. First of all, yellow light means left. They get through it really fast. Yeah. This guy... <laughs> Drove and when the yellow light turned, we could be in the middle of the intersection. He stopped and bagged up. <laughs> oh boy! We got pulled over for that coming back, and the guy said, "Oh, we're wrestlers." I might just got looked at nothing like a wrestler, right? He said, "We wrestle for Buck Zumoff, Rock and Roll." <laughs> the cop said, "What?" Cops say, who gives a shit? <laughs> the guy spent time explaining to the cop why he stopped in the middle of the intersection with the bag. All we wanted to do was get somewhere and go to sleep. <laughs> it was it was weird. I'm like, this guy is a fucking shit. Well, he was just as bad to work with in, in the match that we had, the sixth man in a parking lot uh, of a bar with no light. Terrible. Uh, he would, didn't sell a damn thing. He's older than dirt. It yeah. was terrible. I want to do just an experiment here with T.C. Washington. All right. All right. I'm going to play this match on this phone. I was hoping you might just be able to do some commentary on this match <laughs> while it's happening for me. Wow. Which match is this? Match is uh, this is Bucky Michaels okay. versus Dirty Ernie, M.E.W., November 14th, 2015. Okay. M.E.W.? M.E.W. I've never seen this match before in my life. Okay. All right. All right. It's on YouTube. Feel free to watch along with TZ Washington 
And, and you can give up at any point in time that you want to, but here you go. If you, you can just... What you want me to play by? I just want you to tell us exactly... Play, play it. Tell us exactly what's happening as you see it. What the fuck was that? <laughs> so these guys just fucking hugged each other like a lockup. <laughs> and he drove Dirty Ernie back to the buckle. Okay. Yeah, Dirty Ernie is the one that looks like a lumberjack. And so he drove him back to the buckle, and then he let him go. And then, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? What is Dirty Ernie doing to him? I don't know. I've is never this seen supposed this to be chops? Might be. What's it look like? It look like he just sat his hand on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff. This is quality. So Throw him buckle to buckle, and then he take his time walking over there. <laughs> well, he just seven. Hold on, now he just threw him. Not what? Wait a minute. Wait. So Dirty Eddie was too lazy to take the, take the, the Irish with him? I, I don't know. What's he? That sounds like Or is that his gimmick? We got on construction boots? Yes. Yes, because he is a lumberjack. This is fucking awful. <laughs> All 22 people there are pissed. <laughs> <laughs> As well they should be. Are you enjoying yourself? This is awful. That's uh, that's one of them XLW houses. Where they dress up like empty seats. <laughs> feel feel free to. Uh, well, I guess he's done. He's had. Oh, you missed the uh, the sit up cell. Now under, under Ernie. Uh, according to Dirty Ernie, he was a one of Vern Gagne's favorite guys to use. Although I never remember seeing him on any AWA. <laughs> it's uh, it's okay if Dirty Ernie rips off the Undertaker because pretty soon the Undertaker will be prepping Dirty Ernie if you follow me. Because <laughs> he's old and he's gonna die. Wow. Uh, can do you remember Dirty Ernie's rules before the match? Fuck no. I know. I remember him saying, you know, uh, I kind of work like Hogan, so I'm not going to sell a lot. Yeah, he did say that. I remember him saying, you can't call a spot into my left ear. Because he was deaf. Because I cannot hear out of my left ear. Right. Um, If you hit me in the head, I'm not going to sell it. Um... That was one of them. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. There were more than that, though. Like something he had a. There was something else injured on him that you couldn't go near. Are you sure you're not <laughs> thinking of the next day? It was two big stars. It was Perry Saturn. You couldn't put him in a hammerlock. You couldn't lock. put Perry like Perry Saturn's arm was messed up. But, yeah, he had a bad shoulder. But Dirty Ernie had like a laundry list. There were like five or six things you had to be aware of. <clears throat> so we went out there, and after watching him for a couple minutes. The guys just realized, fuck it, and they would eye-rake him, and then they'd get to hitting him, and he wouldn't sell it. So then they'd go back to the eye-rake. So eventually they forced him down in the middle rope, and I gave him the fucking choke, and then when it was time, I pulled back, and I punched the fuck out of that old man. And I looked up at Scott in the corner, and I said, let's see him no-sell that. <laughs> and he didn't no-sell that. <laughs> I just had enough at that point. 
All 22 of those people were pissed, too. <laughs> and you know what was even more pissed? The residents of the house in the neighborhood yep. who had a, put up a, a midnight wrestling show in a parking lot. <laughs> and you know who was even more pissed? Those of us in the match. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was shit. There you go. We're still going, man. We're going strong. I'm going to be burnt out from podcasting. Did you knock one of your... Oh, you're already taking the drum set down. Well, I... I'm, oh, I need this. It's a good thing we have a member of the Urban Horseman with us for this question. Oh. Because we're going to need you to uh, to help us out with this topic. Dopest Shack Rap Track. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> okay. I think the Dopest Shack Rap Track rap trap was... I got skills. You know I got skills, man. You know I got skills. I don't. Uh, I don't know the name of the song, but I like the one that goes boom, shalak, lock, boom. I like that one too. <laughs> I like that is one that too. what's up, Doc? Can what's up, rock? Doc? Can we rock? It could. Yeah, be. Okay. I think it is. It is. Oh so yeah. Mark me down for that, Fushnickens. <laughs> yeah, he helped with that. He helped with that. I would. That's the only one I would know. Well, I'm going to get while while you guys keep talking about. Um, the the essence of Shaq, who was the greatest rapper of his time, and, and by far, at the very least, at the very least, he was the greatest. That, that's how he rapped too. He's like, for a little bit done. He's big as shit. That voice has a long way to travel, man. <laughs> he was also the best SWE commentator. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. The, the thing about Shaq is... Yeah, I'm gonna... I will say that the most ridiculous thing... The most ridiculous thing i ever seen from Shaq was when he was running around with that fucking Sherlock Holmes hat on. You guys remember that look? I don't. I'm looking it up right now. My favorite... It's not good for the podcast because it's a visual joke. My favorite Shaq shit isn't even... The real Shack shit, but it's the fake Shack that we made up that lives in a big ass house and keeps Dan Marley in a doghouse up back, <laughs> which is actually the size of a real house, but it's just covered in shit because that's where all Shack's dogs live. The the thing about Shack though is in in the I Got Skills track he uses the 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 stylistic uh, smooth stylings of Def Jeff, who you know obviously everybody's a fan of Def Jeff. That's what I hear. Def, Def with no A, correct? Correct. Right. Because if it was Def Jeff, it would be like. Well, he wouldn't be able to hear the rap. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq would have to be like, it's not that song, and Def Jeff would be like, what? I can't hear you. I want a Wethel. What? Because he's deaf, see? So he's. Oh, good. He I wish the internet in this place worked for my phone, because I'd be playing this. I know I got skills. I could play it. I had, I've had it up the entire well, time. Well, let's play it then. Come on now. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Which coast is this from? Bust him in the eyes to east, because he's from Jersey. Really what we yeah. become now? Yeah. Yeah. You get your ass kicked right. in the park. <laughs> now I want you to watch this dirty Ernie match while listening to this song and tell me if it's any better. Music, please. Music, please. 
So this is the kind of hat I'm talking about. I can't find shit. But I can't find shit. It's called a deer stalker. Search for Shaq deer stalker hat. Hey, come on. There are still two more verses of that song. <laughs> two more. <laughs> and an intermission. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So where are we? What's the next topic? Because I think we've answered that that's the dopest check rap track. Yeah, there you right. go. Would you agree? I'm in. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Why do Randy Orton always have to put that DDT off the middle rope in every match? Because it's his signature. Because he's terrible at his job. Because he's... Predictable and nothing he does is over anymore. Wow, that says all of that? That's my thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're not going to take this moment to. I literally just buried him. Yeah. He's terrible at his job. That's why. Because he's too stupid <laughs> to be able to bump a guy in the right spot so he can sell under the bottom rope and sell back up. To the middle, where, oh, hey, I'm Randy Orton. Whoop, hook, DDT. That's all he has to I do. I mean, I've heard this for years. You had the chance to put it out there for everybody to hear, and all of a sudden you're looking for Shaq in a deerstalker cap. <laughs> Which I can't find. Fuck you, Google. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, not solving any crimes. I don't care that he has a criminal justice degree or a Sherlock Holmes cap. I bet he what mystery he should solve is the mystery of who thought it was a good idea to keep putting that dude in movies. Well, wait, he was great in blue chips. Who? <laughs> Shaq. He was great in blue chips. He was great in Kazam. Stop it. Stop it. What else was he good in? Uh, Steel. Yeah, yeah. Steel. Hey, I'm Shaq. I'm going to have to ask you to drink this Pepsi. <laughs> Buy a Buick. Basically, watch TNT. Also, put this gold ball powder on your balls. Make me feel good. I'm Shy Guys here, hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Judy. <laughs> Damn, I only get off the foot of my bed. <laughs> that man is so ugly. The hair is running away from his face. <laughs> All right. We're going to let TC pull the last. Okay. I think that's the fair. last subject, and uh, he's going to take us out. Main event, T.C. Washington. A spot he's very familiar with. Not so much these days. Well. <laughs> Did you get two on there? Ah! My boy! Oh. My boy, old Webfoot himself. I mean, my own. Oh, excuse me. Webfoot? Did you pull a duck out? <laughs> oh, my boy, Kuma Andrews. Oh! oh. <laughs> That's my boy right there, man. Hey, Jake. I love Jake, man. Jake was probably one of the coolest people I worked with, man. I remember our days as a... Stable was so good you don't remember it. Right. What was that stable called? It was the New Breed. The New Breed. You should have been called the Creatine Connection. Kuba Andrew. They go out there and cut a 25-minute promo. Not say a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just knew it was something. I, I, hey, 
At least you knew you had 25 minutes before you had to do whatever. That's <laughs> right. This is Scott's business partner here, so. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I think Kuba is probably the nicest guy you'll ever meet that it's scary. Too nice. Yeah. Um, him and I have been doing a podcast together for six years, a sports-related podcast. What's really cool about Jake, though, is, you know, so when we started the podcast, he actually wanted me to do this with him because somehow he thought I lent credibility to it because I used to work in radio. And now so it's... They'll give you the credibility anymore? Well, no, it does. But now it's Jake who's the media guy. Like, it, it, once, like, eight, nine years ago, I was wait on, a minute, wait a minute. I'll tell you, yeah, hang on. So I used to do, like, I'd be on ESPN Sports Center, talk about shit, you know. And now it's him. Like, anytime they want, people want to talk Badgers, he's become an expert on, on the Badgers. So radio stations call him from all over the place. He wrote a book. That really? Got, yep. A great book Bucky's about... Bucky's Fifth Quarter, correct? Well, no, that's the, the podcast part. The book was called Walk On This Way. That's right. And it's about the history it of walk-ons uh, with the Wisconsin Badger football team. And he talked to everybody and anybody was part of that. He's a published author. Um, it, he things are taking off for him, man, and I, I I'm super super happy for him. But uh, but yeah, so now he's the one who's got the credibility. I'm just the old has been who it was the old grumpy man on that podcast. Congratulations, Cuba. So yeah, so or six Jake years, and our Scott. podcast, the Kielbasa Kings Sports Extravaganza. Play on words because we're both Polish. See, see what it Kielbasa Kings. Mm. I thought so. it was because of your huge dog. Well, that's a whole. I used to go to Cuba House. I went over to Cuba House. The, uh, was it Kielbasa? Kielbasa would be the sausage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Kielbasa wrapped in, was it cabbage? Sauerkraut, right? Cabbage, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. And then I know everybody kind of went for that too, but that was a whole, <laughs> that was a whole other story. Um, I didn't do anything with Jake's sister, first of all. Wow. Whoa. So, oh. All yeah. right. I know. Hey, it's a visual thing. She doesn't listen. Also has a family. Been out of that scene for a minute. Okay. All right. All right. But anyway, I, Jake's great, and I. He's got three great kids and a great wife and great life living out in Madison. So one of those guys that living the life after wrestling, though. Yeah, and one of those guys that you know doesn't always work out that way. But in his case, I feel like, and again, everybody's got their things that they wish were better in their life. But I think that all the things he's wanted, he's getting, and I think that's cool. So yeah. <laughs> oh, Scott Steiner's here, so I think we have to. Uh, oh man. We are we are we good? We got wrap fat bastard. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa hey. Hopefully Ooh. you're going to some Krav Maga classes because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to talk bad about Scott Steiner. He is juiced to the moon. He certainly is. Um, it is. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to have TC Washington here. Yep. We got to have you back for another show because there's a whole lot more people I, I want you to shit on. So. Um, well, those people come fuck them. <laughs> for Jack's Babe for Stick Ross I am Hotshot Scott Williams we will see you next week we have no idea who's going to come on the show um, it could be a guy who was hit by a car or it could be Sunny Beach we don't know but we'll figure it out at some point <laughs> good night everybody oh